Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple and very common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. So to solve this issue, we are issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down and write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the story sent in by you wonderful listeners. Mm-hmm. Exacto mundo. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof, a doof media, media production. production. Um, I have some bad Woo! news, Jarvis. I have some terrible What's news. The bad news. Um, oh no! So over over on uh, Pale Reflections, uh, the the podcast yes. covering Wildbo's work, uh, Pale, um, they had mm-hmm. a uh, they had a live stream um, yesterday actually, um, which you can yeah. go and listen to. They they just uploaded the audio. I think I'm not entirely sure, um, but it's on our, our Twitch if you want to go see the whole the whole stream. Um, the first half of it is just a normal episode. Don't watch that um, if you are not ready for spoilers. But the second half, I think, is pretty much spoilers-free, um, where they just did a bunch of activities related to the book um, mm. and the world. And one thing they did is that they they each ate a spoonful of brown milk. Um, so brown brown milk is not a real brown thing. Brown milk? Brown, brown milk. Not chocolate milk. Brown milk. So... Um, Oh, so it's a reference to uh, a substance in the story um, where a woman uh, to sort of save time uh, with like taking care uh, of the kids at her daycare and the, the mm-hmm. dogs at her dog care because she's doing both. Um, she just takes the baby formula for for the babies and mixes it with dog food. And then she just feeds the babies and the dogs the brown milk, which oh is dog God. food and milk. And That's so disgusting. So, in reference to that, our wonderful, our wonderful cast members on on Pale Reflections, um, in a very large chalice, they mm. did mix dog food and milk, and did mm. each consume a spoonful in on camera. I don't know if they actually swallowed it because they looked like they were about to throw <laughs> throw up immediately. <laughs> but um, okay, so it so it. It wasn't good. No, that's that's my bad okay. news, and I, I witness it as well. Um, they are certified mad lads, uh, the Aussies oh, over okay. there. So, mm. um, at least we we have that. But, um, yeah, it yeah, definitely. That... Yes, yes. I wish also, it didn't that, happen. That... That can't be good for their stomach. Like, think about the possible heartburn mm-hmm. that well, this brown was, milk could have given them. It was vegetarian uh, dog oh, food. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. So, at least there was no dog dog flesh in there. Flesh for yeah. dogs. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm drinking a bit of brown milk right now. Why? A tall glass of coffee with a little bit of milk in it. I, okay, here, here's a question. Do you think it would taste better if it was cat food? If it was cat food, well, they do have a more refined palate. Maybe because you know uh, the the like cat that that uh, lives with with me now. Uh, mm-hmm. Her food doesn't look awful. It is pellet food, but some of that wet wet food does look on par with a lot of tuna that I've mm-hmm. that I've eaten. Mm-hmm. So if I were to let's say instead of doing coffee whipped whipped cream and uh, caramel, mm-hmm. if I were to switch out the whipped cream mm-hmm. with cat food, mm-hmm. I think with it would which be... has cream in it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it wouldn't be that bad mm-hmm. it, just it, a coffee it might taste a little gamey with with a little some little chunks of tuna in there like boba mm-hmm. it's kind of like boba yeah yes oh yeah all frozen chunks of a tuna at the very bottom yeah 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 um gross gross that's that's gross um okay well <laughs> uh, uh is there anything we want to talk about before we get into uh this episode jarvis well i want to say as you probably know this episode is a day late um, mm-hmm. And it is because I have been quite busy. School has been um, throwing me in the ring, uh, putting a blindfold on me, and then just jumping me with 17 guys. It's not good. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's why I've been quite busy. That's why this, this episode is a day late. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're not a dollar short. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, who's the story that we're going to be reading this week? 
Yes. Yeah, so, as you already know, this month, uh, the lovely month of February, the theme is unrequited love. The words were inside, log, hen, and short. And the story we will be reading today is by Just Stand 8460 with Sarah and the Wolves. All right. So this is Sarah and the Wolves by Just Stand 8460. Inside of a short, stubby log next to the large boulder in the clearing at the bottom of the hill deep in the forest lived a hen named Sarah. She was a busy hen, always coming and going, dressing her log with different mosses and foliage to match the season, the holiday, or her mood. Now it was adorned with a rich emerald acrocarpus, complemented by a branch of elderberries which hung over her door to greet her when she went out and when she returned each day. Sarah lived alone, and being alone she was always afraid of the dark and of the wolves that stalked the forest. They came by every Thursday to demand her eggs, otherwise they would eat her instead. That was the arrangement she had made with the lead wolf years ago. She produced three eggs a day, which was quite a lot of work for one chicken. She often wondered whether having a big strong rooster around to protect her would keep the wolves away. The problem was there were no other chickens around, let alone a rooster who was available and interested. One rainy Thursday, as expected, Sarah heard the forceful voice of the lead wolf, Tristan, echoing through the trees, announcing their approach. And if you can't keep up, your father will know of your poor behavior. He seemed to be talking to another member of his pack. Good morning, Miss Chicken. Are you home? He directed his staged politeness at the side of her log home. Right with you, dear, she replied playing along with a diplomatic ruse. I was just collecting this morning's lay for you. Wonderful. I thought we could make this a quick visit, as I am currently training a new recruit. His tone changed from melodious to annoyed as his voice was thrown over his shoulder, who seems to need some special lessons on the definition of silence. She could hear his voice bouncing off the trees and imagined him fixing those cold eyes on his pack with a threatening stare. She only had that icy gaze on her one time, the day she had met him. Each day since, she thanked her lucky feathers that she was a fertile and regular egg layer. It haunted her to think what would happen if she suddenly grew slack in providing for Tristan's demands. A chill ran through her and provided the final push she needed. She sat up from her nest, hitched up her small cotton breeches, rearranged her floral dress and white apron, and collected her morning egg. Giving it a quick wipe down, she placed it into a lined wicker basket on top of the others and turned the knob of her front door. As the hinges gave a small squeak to announce her emergence from her oak home, she was struck by two things simultaneously. First, she noticed Tristan was bristled and cranky. It was a wild card whether his mood would be amiable or hostile when he came each week. The second thing was the new recruit he had mentioned before. He did not look anything like the other wolves in his pack. He stood about four inches shorter, his fur was slightly longer, and his shoulders were hung a bit lower, in a casual manner. The top of his head was a quaff of bright blue hair, brushed to the side to cover his left ear. Around his neck hung a red strap of leather with holes punched through and tied on the side, probably picked up from some nearby farm. His eyes were half-masked, emitting a, an aloof attitude. They were what struck her the most. When he turned his head toward her, his eyelids gave a slight twitch and went wide. They were not yellow like all wolves she had seen before, but hazel. Their eye contact sent a slight tingle through her knees and a flutter in her belly. His smile was warm and convivial, and he gave her an almost indiscernible wink. What a lovely bunch of elderberries, that is, the lead wolf's voice brought her back to the present. 
she turned her attention to Tristan. I wouldn't say no to a snap of those being added to this week's collections. This was not a request, as she well knew. Why, thank you, good sir. I would be pleased to share them with you. She quickly broke off the most plump-looking berries, poured them into the basket, and placed it on the ground between her and the lead wolf, then picked up the empty basket he had brought from last week's collection. Enjoy. Tristan turned his head to the side and called out to his pack. We run. Then back to Sarah. Until next week, Miss Chicken. He turned to leave and led the pack into the, into the trees. Craig, I want you up next to me. I will not have you falling behind. His voice trailed off as he bounded through the ferns and brush littering the rim of her clearing. He was directing his command at the recruit. Sarah realized she had been staring at him. I will be very delighted to host you again. Goodbye. She called out faintly, then turned to Russian side. She closed the door gently and fell backward against it. Her heart was pounding. Her Her breathing had increased noticeably. She felt perplexed, but suddenly lifted up and alive. Those hazel eyes swam in front of her. What is wrong with you, Sarah? He is a wolf, a vicious killer, and probably half your age. What makes you think he would be interested in a squat little bird like you? The idea was so preposterous, she was startled to hear herself laugh out loud. However, she could not shake her feeling of attraction to the long fur, the brushed hair, and the hazel eyes that looked back at her when she lay in bed each night. For once, she was looking forward to the next Thursday. It made no sense to her. He was a wolf, and probably thought she looked tasty. There could be no gain in pursuing any sort of affection for Craig. With all of her might, each day she tried to change how she was feeling and put it far from her mind. With luck, he'll have been kicked out of the pack, and I will never see him again. On the following Thursday morning, Sarah was so nervous about the arrival of the wolves that she could not lay her morning egg. They would certainly notice. If they did not count them that morning before leaving, which they never did, then they would come with new threats the following week. As the hour of their normal time arrived and passed, Sarah became exceedingly distraught. Her heart was in her throat with anxiety. Two hours passed, and there was no sound of the wolves. Sarah spent the day sitting and standing by her door, frantically rocking on her heels and peeking out of her window, or trying to busy herself with chores indoors and not daring to leave for fear she would miss them. She could not lay a single egg all day. As the evening came, she began to hear their quiet footsteps in the distance drawing near. This time, she did not hear the voice of Tristan, but a different one. Instead of the usual booming baritone shouting commands for the halt and dressing of the ranks, it was a higher-pitched tenor with a slight lilt at the end of each sentence. Hello, Miss Chicken. We have arrived. So sorry for the late hour. Are you home? This new voice was strange and slightly unsettling. She reached for the knob and pulled, the slight squeak of the hinges preceding her. The wolf who stood her was not Tristan, as she was expecting. It was Craig. He sat before her with his eyes in a lazy, relaxed position and a welcoming curve to his lips. This was far from what she anticipated, having strived all week to banish thoughts of him from her mind. Here he was, sitting before her. Hello there, she croaked, clearing her throat. I was not expecting... Me, he interrupted. Of course. I imagine seeing me today instead of Tristan does come as a surprise. Yes, um, a surprise. A delightful surprise. She tried to make that sound courteous and not flirtatious. He gave no impression of the latter effect. Is Tristan ill today? This might explain their lateness as well. 
He met with a small accident earlier today, unfortunately. I fear he will no longer be blessing us with his presence in the pack as it is now under new leadership. His tone took on a softer, emotional breathiness, which might remind one of a condolence to a friend. Oh, my feathers, that's... Her mind raced as she reached for the next words. She hoped Tristan's departure would mark the end of their arrangement and she would live in freedom from this bullish oppression. I am sorry to hear that. And who is the Pax leader now? I am. As is customary, the strongest wolf must lead. I suppose I proved the stronger this morning. You see, Tristan simply pressed me beyond my capacity to allow. His consistent chiding and criticisms pushed me to the brink, and I simply... His face gave a slight satisfied look as he briefly lifted his eyes through the spans above her log home. Brought him down. He returned his attention to Sarah. Rest assured, you are safe from him. But that is the cause of our lateness today. I promise you it won't happen again. He gave her a disarming smile, which sent the same tingle through her knees as before. His teeth were beautiful and white up close, with a small and charming gap in the front. I see. Shock racked Sarah to the bones. This smaller, younger wolf had bested the much larger and domineering Tristan. Her hopes for escaping her hardships were starting to rise. Well, here are your eggs for the week. His quick gaze swept across the basket as she placed it in between them. Scooping it up, he paused and simply stated, It seems a bit light, doesn't it? He looked at her askance. I fell, she grasped for the quickest excuse. Carrying an egg to my basket yesterday, I, I dropped it. She lied, hoping it would garner sympathy rather than a threat from this considerably more polite pack leader. With a nervous titter, she followed it with, Clumsy me, so sorry. Oh, dear me, how sad. I hope you are all right. He looked concerned. I am. It is only a small sprain in my wrist. It is broken, I'm afraid. The egg. My wrist will mend. She smiled slightly, bouncing her eyes to the side. Well, I hope so. The next moment was such a sudden rush of motion that she scarcely knew what was happening. He closed the gap between them in one stride and stood with his face two inches from her beak. He looked at her softly and stated flatly, That will cost you one more egg next week. She was so startled by his quickness and the turn of his words, she barely had a chance to, to gasp as he thrust his jaws around her foot and throttled her quickly and tossed her to the side with ease. Let's try to be more careful while moving about the home, shall we? His tone lost none of its softness. His face betrayed none of its original calmness. Only his words conveyed this message of a most sinister and threatening intent. It was clear to Sarah that Tristan had been bested by someone not to be trifled with. Her heart pounded, and she realized that her life was not going to be any easier. Yes, thank you, she panted. She felt a small pain in her heart. I will be more careful. With a gentle tilt of his head, he replied, Wonderful. So glad to see you again. To the others, he announced, Let's move, my friends. Well, all right. So this is a really great story that gives us a, a nice little highs and and lows. And I really love these these characters that are at at play here. Um, overall, I just really love that this is perfectly capturing the concept of unrequited love, especially towards the um, first half with this chicken um, <laughs> having mm -hmm. feelings for a for a wolf. And I just really love how. Even though we are, even though the the characters in this are animals, there's just so many human moments really poking mm -hmm. through that really made me feel for this chicken, um, especially when the second more sinister wolf shows shows up. 
so yeah, even though this this was a quite a longer one than we're used to reading live on the pod, it was definitely 100% worth it because I love this really tight and complete story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely reminiscent of a lot of different things. Um, mm-hmm. Of like uh, all those old stories with uh, yeah talking animals that are yeah. just like people. The uh, big bad wolf, yeah. Yeah, um, Walker by Faith, I think, mentions the uh, the to- toad and frog books. You know the ones? Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. Those Kind of like that. Hit. Yeah, except a lot darker, I think. Yeah, um, this just is. a bit. Yeah. Um, and I like the sort of dynamic and the, the issue that's that's coming up here. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of things that like I I really like and I wish I saw more of. Um, one mm-hmm. the yeah the the unrequited love that's that's going on here the sort of fantasy um, that this this hen is having. Um, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that and I feel like it <laughs> it definitely sets up this sort of um, you know following some of the the, the tropes here it follows the like ooh a prey animal that's in love with a like predator. Um, and it's sort of like a, uh, it's kind of like a um, Fifty Shades of Grey kind of uh, sort of feeling here. It's like, oh no, it's dangerous. Oh no, she's going to be um, exploited. But maybe you know the predator does have mm-hmm. like a heart of gold. Um, and I think it's or it's or, or like mm-hmm. Zootopia in a yes, less yes. erotic sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's Zootopia, Jarvis. What do what do you mean less erotic? Oh yeah, sorry. There is that that whole scene where they go into that uh, nudist club. So yeah, wait, do they really? I don't remember. Yeah, they do. Oh my god, that's incredible. Do you not remember this moment? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh okay. You you need to rewatch Zoo Zootopia. <laughs> I I can't wait. Yeah, no. Actually, speaking of, I did definitely get some vibes of some other modern like uh anthropomorphic animal tropes you know like the mm-hmm. this this the second wolf craig has a uh, the, sh- the the blue hair right um and like that's that's not something that exists in the old uh the old tropes but i i still liked it in this one mm-hmm. um but anyway i would i think i would have enjoyed more of that those those feelings there's just a little bit of a hint of them in the second part when craig shows up again um but perhaps some more playing around with that might have been good. Maybe the maybe Craig like noticing her her feelings and maybe playing with them a little bit. Um, well, actually, mm-hmm. a, a sort of a different angle. Um, I really liked it, there. It definitely was like a some subtle differences between the two wolves. Um, you know, it definitely got that Tristan was like a bit um, mm-hmm. like older and maybe like a bit rougher uh, with his like demands. But he also had this like you know diplomatic and polite sort of like approach mm-hmm. right almost suave way yeah 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 but and i feel like craig also kind of has that but just slightly different um mm-hmm. and i do i do i did very much like the like introduction and like how it's done and sort of like just the feeling of that interaction when he first comes up but i do wonder um if they were a bit more different if um both if, if Tristan was just the suave one, um, mm, or yeah. not Tristan, sorry, if Craig was the, the suave one and Tristan, you know, the first wolf that we see was just like demanding and rough, like with just barely, you know, some politeness, mostly like showing teeth and like um, growling or just like, where are my eggs, you know, being very brutish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that when Craig comes back and Tristan's gone and Craig is being all polite and such, you know, we do you know, grow some hope of like, oh, you know, maybe this guy is, is really nice. But then we do have revealed um, that he does have the same brutishness and and um, malice in him as Tristan did. It's just hidden a little bit better. Um, I think that would have been interesting. Yeah, and I think that, that separation that you are talking about would definitely aid and maybe having a, a nice little good cop, bad cop die, not dynamic be between them. Um, but real quick to to step back um, on what you said about the, I guess the emotional crux of this, which does feed feed into this month's theme of um, unrequited love. I do f- feel that too that it it's sort of relegated to one section of this story, um, and as we hop into the second section, 
all that is kind of missing. We're we're not really getting that sort of uh, character monologue about like, ooh, I shouldn't, but he's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. like <laughs> we don't we don't get those uh, moments uh, later on, which I mm-hmm. think would work well. You know, especially if um if uh, Just Stan wanted to go back for a second version of that, is sort of linking that throughout, mm-hmm. so that this main character has a solid voice throughout this and like mm-hmm. stakes within it uh yeah in, in instead of us just seeing what is happening to them uh and you know i i say this because that that section was was accomplished really well the um uh, the character monologues along with your d description is definitely some of the best parts about this i just would have liked to see those sprinkled throughout uh, a like already really good and solid story Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that might just be like, uh, I do like the sort of plot stuff that's going on here. I like the situation. Uh, but most of all, yeah, I, I like the sort of complicated feelings and fears that are coming up here. And I, I want more with that. Um, and also just those tropes are very fun. Yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for it of the like, I shouldn't, but I want to, but I shouldn't, I can't, but I will. Yes. Um, yeah. It's great. And like, um, you know, someone like walking into danger on per on purpose. Uh, those are definitely some of the romances that I kind of love. So, yeah, the sort of like walking into into danger. It's kind of like you you can also play with it either way, right? Like either play the trope normally, which is just like oh, but he does have a, a heart of gold and sort of like the you know w- walk into danger, but like mm-hmm. it was worth it, right? That was a kind of bravery. Uh, but you can also subvert it and be like, actually, no, this was a terrible idea, and she gets devoured, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I mean, this uh, this story is is definitely at least from from what I might see going down that second path, seeing how mm-hmm. Craig still has, like, as you said, that same malice with uh with within him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, you know, if it was played with the, the the trope normally, it would be like he does do a scary thing of like you know, threatening her, but it's just, like, putting teeth close to her throat or something, but not actually, yeah. like, shaking her around, not actually do anything, just, like, knowing that he can. Yeah, um, and then also doing it because maybe he, like, has to, because Tristan, mm-hmm. like, is, right. is his older brother, yada, yada, yada. yada yeah, yeah, yada, yeah. Yada, and, like, yada. watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to do with that. And, of course, there's a lot of other... I don't know, angles and, and things to play with that. Like, yeah, no, I very much like the emotional center to this. And mm-hmm. um, the playing around with that is the most enjoyable part to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, all right. I think that's everything that I have to say about this story. It was a great one. We we loved reading it. Uh, do you have anything else to say before we, we move on? Um, no, except just to say that um, uh, playing with uh, tropes like this, and not just the the romantic one that we just spent a bit talking about but also Mm -hmm. just the trope of like talking animals and sort of the the simple nature of it i think is a really really i think this is a great example of why those tropes are so good just because you can set up these situations so easily um and uh just work off of those and so i think this was a, a very good choice just to um yeah just to put them into as anthropomorphic animals and in the forest and um, make it sort of a sort of a storybook interaction. Yeah, definitely. And to to piggyback off of that real real quick, even like uh, along with it, writer side being easy to you know set up any sort of situation through through these tropes. Uh, reader side, it is providing them with familiar tropes to where they can very easily get into to your story cuz like I know when like I was reading this and I said oh uh this this you know anthropomorphic animal thing is similar to you know uh to you know a b and c and I liked a a b and c so I get further into it you know mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah like overall I think it's a really great tactic that you use yeah it's a very cute mm-hmm. aesthetic so very cute um but all right i think it's high time to roll into our listener submitted story section Mm -hmm. so thank you so much to ace of sword morgan la just stand 8460 no goodbye and walker by faith by submitting your story Mm -hmm. and the first story we will be talking about this week is by ace of sword with 
to rust peacefully. Yeah, this is a very uh, cool um, uh, little experiment as well. Um, mm-hmm. This is related to the ogre story that Ace of Sword wrote last week, this time from the perspective of the human. Um, th- it doesn't have as much to do with the, the, the ogress. Um, it's actually more about um, a man who went traveling and now has come back to where his the, the clan used to be, um, which had long since like you know been on the decline and there there's kind of no one uh left and he's sort of just taking care of the the gravestones and trying to take care of himself and so he's just kind of um you know we get a bit of world building we get a bit of just like character background and maybe a little bit of insight on who he is um it's just a bit of like exploration of these concepts i think Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, say yeah, and I think in the same way that that's really why I enjoy this this story. Of course, it is um, a a continuation of a of a previous entry, and I think it uh, it continues it really well. I do like a lot of the tone work within this, and the um, diction being used here is is really nice and is evocative. That really fills out that that tone. And yeah, I see a, a comment by. Uh, by Ace of Sword that says that uh, they they think that they might have tried to do too many things in the 30 minutes, which yeah, I I know that is a really hard um, balance to to strike within within any story. Is what does the what does the audience need to to know so that when I get to the scene that I've been writing towards from the beginning, they will be fully on 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 board so that the scene comes across as 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 well as it uh, or as as meaningful as it means to to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think within within this story, um, there there is a balance. I do love the world building in here and the setup, and I think it will be useful if you do choose to go into a third uh, entry in this series you know so mm-hmm. overall great great job ace of sword yeah definitely agree with the the other part of their comment saying that the important part is that they did write um and kept their mm-hmm. streak going and i completely agree and i think uh yeah no matter what you uh put out just the fact that you sat down and write wrote something i think is important yeah definitely definitely but all right up next is by morgan a with mm-hmm. an untitled story Yes. Um, yeah, this one's really interesting. A little bit more um, abstract. Uh, this woman has been yes, horror. Uh, this woman has been watching this crack um, in her her kitchen. It started extremely innocuous, just like a little crack in the um, linoleum. Um, but now it's clearly gotten a lot. It, it, it's it's much more than that. Um, and we see that like it's ex- expanded beyond her house to like the street as well. Um, and the parts um, inside of the crack are just shadowy black as if there is just a void um, inside of them. And um, she finds that some kids uh, are standing around um, this other child that has fallen into the crack and he is just um, just hanging on, basically. He is he only his like torso and his like arms um, are, are keeping from from falling. Um, so she comes closer and, uh, you know, in the moment of, of great danger and panic, and there's, there's definitely very high tension, um, she's able to, to pull him out and they sort of, um, decide what to do next afterwards. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, I love the mystery of this, this crack, how it starts off as a really small thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then obviously this quickly turns into some sort of other world worldly crack like a crack mm-hmm. in reality which to me is such a, a a a like interesting concept to um explore and i really the, like the angle that uh morgan lay took with this story um in uh, uh, in the beginning there was this really really great description but i i really liked when we did get to the scene of the child um like like halfway in the void and then i just felt all that tension and that panic and that worry and that and yeah. that anxiety from that moment i think that 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 moment was really um, mm-hmm. well pulled off yeah it really was scary yes that's very true it really was 
like terrifying because we don't know what's in this void that that child could have fallen forever for you if you know mm-hmm. all 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 we knew but at the very end i did feel a great sense of relief when she she finally did did pull the um the um child up so yeah i was completely invested in this story and its uh concept so really great job Morgan mm-hmm. Le-A. uh yeah with the the crack it really felt like um, it almost felt like he was almost being like sucked in just because of like how easy it was to continue falling. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't sure if like, you know, having passed like the threshold of this crack, uh, if like his lower body still existed at all. Like I have expected her to pull and then just like he doesn't Half have. Body. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like intestines spilling out or something. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was pretty worried. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really felt like anything could happen uh, at this point in the story. Definitely thought that like a child being lost to the void could definitely happen in this short story. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was a bit frightening, and it definitely has a consequence of like it expanding from that tiny crack, uh, and, and sort of the like the ominous nature being built up from there. I think was great. One thing I I felt like description kind of fell away as we got into that action of of being mm-hmm. out in outside um i really did like what we got and of course when the action's going on i, I felt like it, that was the important thing um but there's that final like image where she looks up at this at the crack that extends down asphalt up another house and into the sky i thought that was fascinating i felt i needed a little bit more just to understand what that looks like mm-hmm. um like <clears throat> is it like in the air do we see the crack in the air or is it something that like extends to the horizon and then up right yeah um and i wasn't quite sure mm-hmm. i really liked it yeah though. same yeah and, and granted that that last image too was was what was the image that that really stuck stuck with me um also uh one one final thing that, that i really want to say uh as we all probably know this is a pretty solid and um accomplished story for the for the quick story that 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 it was trying to tell i just want to commend you in saying that um for a for 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 a story um this solid i really like how concise a lot Mm -hmm. a lot of of the pros are like it is a really really quick read um to where you know adding that little d description that i know you were really looking for towards uh, towards the end would it really probably push this story even a page further, you know? So mm-hmm. overall, like really clean and uh, concise prose. For sure. Well, all right. Thank you so much to Morgan LeAy. And, and up next is by No Goodbye with The Way Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another lovely story um, from No Goodbye, focusing on those melancholy feelings that they um, seem to, to really specialize in. Mm-hmm. Um we have uh, this character, uh, Merida. She's lost in the woods. Uh, it, it kind of seems like she's actually in true danger. She might not make it back. Um, and uh, she's missing her friend, Luca, uh, who has passed away. We're not sure when or where that happened. Um, I think it's before this hike, though. Um, but she wanders, and eventually she comes across a cabin where there's this uh, woman there who is looks like her friend, but older but not her friend um and uh they have a conversation and we sort of like get this sort of you know mystic feeling of you know an important sort of magical encounter um as uh the i'm gonna call her the witch i don't think she is like a witch or maybe she is i don't know but Mm -hmm. the witch um just tells her uh that she can stay here and rest as she can sort of mourn her friend here but she does have to go eventually um and yeah it's just a lovely moment as as merida sort of reflects on this this friend that she loved and now cannot love or and now um cannot love her back because they're gone mhm yeah yeah so i love the the sentimentality of this this story i can tell that this character of uh, meredith um i can feel so much of the want for this old relationship which i mean is, is definitely something that really tugs on the um on the heartstrings very very much so um and i love how this of course perfectly fits into this month's theme but 
in a different way than mm-hmm. I'm used to to really seeing. You know? Yeah, unrequited it's, because they're they're gone, not because it's not because Luca doesn't love her. Exactly. Yeah, which is another aspect of this unrequited love concept that isn't really talked about too too much, and how like. Yes, they are gone, and then the the love that you shared for that person is gone also. Or I guess not gone in a sense, but you can't express that. Yeah, like overall, this is a really solid and really, um, yeah, it's a really solid story that is so super focused on the emotional crux of, of this. It really takes you through this really sentimental story that i mean i mean i know i was almost tearing up you know thinking about mm-hmm. uh thinking about people within my own life that i have this a similar feeling for so mm-hmm. yeah this is a it's a, it's a really good story and thank you for submitting it yeah i i want to also again point out the the use of uh a well-known trope right the the cabin in the woods with the mysterious witch uh, mm, that, yeah. that like gives good advice um, I think we've read a couple stories on this podcast that that were also like that, and I think it's just a very powerful thing. Yeah. Um, no Goodbye also mentions that they were very loosely inspired by Calypso of Greek myth, and I um, that inspired me to, to think about that myth. I actually really, really love it. Um, <laughs> I remember in, in Percy Jackson and the Olympians, <laughs> there's a section where the main character um, also goes to Calypso's island and... Um, has the same sort of thing, you know, falling in love, but like having to leave and never being able to, um, you know, to, to return. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, it's just like, there's a lot of feelings in that. And um, I'm, I don't know, I'm very interested in it. And maybe uh, I might explore the the concept myself a bit because it's just interesting. I, yeah, so returning a lot to um, returning to, to the older story structures and, and plot devices and stuff, mm-hmm. I think um that's a great place to look for inspiration because they the reason that they lasted so long through oral tradition is because they are um such powerful uh evocations of certain emotions so mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. they have great staying power yeah mm-hmm. our last story for this week is by walker by faith with the one that stayed too long <laughs> So this is interesting. There's this character sort of um, reminiscing about this this woman that they invite into uh, their life that just stayed too long. Um, <laughs> that uh, she she was older, um, and uh, they liked her, but uh, didn't really like love her, I guess. And it's just a, a slow progression through the years uh, as we sort of discover. Um, as this woman made the place her own and painted the place and, and such. Um, and yeah. Uh, and at the very, very end after being like, okay, so this character clearly just like didn't want her around and was just like too much of a coward to like leave. Um, we get revealed that this is like a draft for her her eulogy, uh, that her husband has been writing of 33 years, um and this is wonderful humorous reveal as the funeral director kind of says yeah can you just you know is there literally anyone that could do a eulogy that is not you because clearly you are not capable of writing a normal good eulogy um we finished that yeah the son is gonna do it instead i really do um enjoy this story and how it has this sort of unexpected sad ending i think Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's really unexpected, but it's also like on brand for uh, a Walker by Faith. This is, of course, a, like another really, really solid one, and I do love how we get this sort of this sort of comical s character set up, um, only for us to to get to to the end and be hit with this um, emotional brick. Interesting, because that's not the. I just I, for me it was like this character's an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, um, a more like, than anything, a like asshole. But I think in like stories like this, and, you know, maybe it's just my own reading, but I try my best to sympathize with these assholes, right? Um, and come and try to understand what lies beneath that assholery. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that 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 being a worthy read. I just felt like, uh, 
<laughs> just like they're I don't know I, I I don't have a lot of I don't like the kind of guy who, who does this because I was that kind of guy at some point um mm-hmm. of just like not actually liking the person that you're you're with and just kind of being too coward cowardly to push them away and sort of like blaming her like there's a point yeah. where he's like yeah it, you know it's it's probably my fault a little bit but like he's definitely getting this thing of like oh it's her fault for not like not picking up these cues or whatever and then they were together 33 years Oof. and he was just like this is fine i guess um and like the sort of like unbalanced thing where she was like head over heels for him mm-hmm. and he he didn't you know reciprocate the same feelings at all and now she's dead and for his eulogy for her he makes a <laughs> eulogy just like about him and how he didn't actually like her all that much and yeah. like got some like feelings eventually but it was basically out of just like familiarity rather than like an actual you know passion Love. or anything yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, which i mean i think like uh say with me i i've i feel that i've definitely been in on both ends of uh, this mm. sort of re- relationship, having someone who is who's head over heels with you and you not being with like down for them, and then the like other day, and yeah, homie is a like a like asshole straight throughout, especially when it comes to the to the you to the eulogy. Um, so I don't know. I like when I was reading this, I was trying to really dig in deeper and see like why are they a asshole like this? Because there's a reason why they stayed. Even if it's that, yeah, they're just comfortable in it, and it, even though it's not exciting with them, they're, they're like comfortable. I don't know. I just wanted to read in a uh, a, a bit more, but it's, it's kind of hard to do that when someone is such a straight ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So thank you very much, Walker by Faith, for submitting your, your story. And we would also like to give a big old do the right thing thank you to everyone who did submit their story. So, thank you very much to Ace of Sword, Morgan Lee. Thank you to Just Dan eight four six zero. Thank you, no goodbye. And thank you to Walker by Faith. We, we would also like to say thank you to everyone who left comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story but under someone else's can condense all of your own feelings on your story for everyone else to see. But you're also providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only improve them and you as a writer. So thank you very much to Walker by Faith, Morgan, Morgan LaA, Just Stand 8460, No Goodbye, and Ace of Sword. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was some wonderful back and forth. Every single time that I see that that stuff, I think it's um it's really heartening and so we really really appreciate that if you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing you can do that by going to reddit at slash r slash do the right thing all you have to do is send out for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words that's right and if you want to see the words as soon as they come out the best place to do that would be to follow us on twitter at right thing cast there you get the announcements for new words and announcements for uh stuff about like scheduling like the show being a day late um and also uh you can have um notifications from other stuff on the doof network when we retweet that stuff um and uh get a little bit of insight that way or or or, you know if there's other stuff going on with either of our co-hosts um then we'll announce it there as well Mm -hmm, exactly and if you want to support us and everyone else in doof media you can do that by donating to the doof media patreon all you have to do is donate ten dollars or more per per month to get access to exclusive bonus content Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. Uh, we're going to be doing an episode on Neon Genesis Evangelion. I know that we have had a pattern of not doing a lot of bonus content episodes, but I need to talk about this show. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to definitely make it happen. Um, because it was it was really, really affecting when I when I finished that. Um, I think we did already talk about that. Um, but uh, we also are continuing our other show, um, me and Sebastian. Uh, the view from halfway down. We've had a really, really good time recording um, those episodes and, and watching BoJack Horseman together and such. Um, and yeah, and like I said there recently, there was the Pale Reflections stream on our our, our Twitch, uh, wherein our wonderful Australian mad lads uh, ate some brown milk. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, 
So if you keep in touch with the Doof Media Network, you can uh, see that kind of stuff as soon as it comes out. Um, yeah. Well, all right. I think it's high time to roll on into next week's words. Mm-hmm. So the words for next week are wall copyright south and forum and this is also the last week for our february topic Mm -hmm. unrequited love uh yeah so if you haven't written a story about unrequited love consider doing so i think it's a feeling ripe with a lot of interpretations as we've seen um in the past couple weeks and this week in particular of just the different angles that you can take it um but uh, okay, so wall, uh, which is a structure that is build built to enclose or keep out things. Um, so like a building has walls, but so does a city. Um, uh, you can have like internal walls uh, to mm-hmm. sort of keep out bad feelings, um, and breaking those down is is breaking down those barriers is um, a metaphor for like getting closer to people and being more vulnerable. Um, you got any others? Uh, yes, there's a Great Wall of China, which is That's a true. great wall in China. Yeah. Um, there's also a <laughs> really cell wall. Mm-hmm. Like in plant cells? Like in plant cells, yes. Is that what you're cells. talking about? Yes, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's that's how we uh, got the, the name for cells, because the the guy had a microscope, and he looked at plant cells, and he saw that they're, they look like jail cells, Boxy, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Next word is copyright, which only has one definition, I'm fairly certain, but it is certain, when yeah. you take a intellectual work and uh, you, or, you know, sort of like a, a concept, a image, um, something that is not, uh, yeah, it's, it's some sort of com- concept, and you go to a government and say, um, this is mine, uh, this is mine, please make sure that everyone knows it's mine and no one steals it from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and and then also I think with this word and um, agree with me if you agree, I think we can let this this world be up to interpretation for our writers. So sure. like, so like, let's say you're building this crazy cybernetic world, and uh, and there is this uh, this like meta physical concept of mm-hmm. um copywriting where where you copy your fit your physical brain chemistry and you and you mimic that in the digital world that okay. usage of, of the word copyright would be correct sure yeah you can make it a, into a slang thing too for sure mm-hmm. um yeah, i yeah. think kind of hard to make copyright into slang but i think maybe you could do it yeah <laughs> i would like to see it, it. <laughs> okay so the next word is south um mm-hmm. so south is the cardinal, cardinal direction toward the south pole antarctica um yes. or, and it is opposing to the, the north pole um in general there's other connotations sort of uh things going south, south side. Mm-hmm. because it's like a uh negative direction like down instead of up uh mm-hmm. that it is often associated with negative things um ducks fly south for the winter where it's warmer um yes south pole a, is a is, uh knockoff uh jc penny's brand i did not know that um mm-hmm. you could be i think it's called a south paw which just means that you're left-handed um yeah you're you're a lefty snowboarder is that right and we're totally uh, making that I, up i've heard it mostly when it comes to boxing okay sure so I, I believe a, a you south paw yeah south paw it's also a movie, apparently. I just Googled it. Mm-hmm. About um, it says, yeah, it came out uh, in, in 2015. Uh, Billy the Great Hope, um, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, is a reigning junior middleweight boxing champion and has a lavish lifestyle, but he hits rock bottom. So, yes. Um, yes. So, so that's good, what the next movie. episode is going to yeah. be about. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. I can't wait to uh, do the right thing while watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I definitely keep my focus like that. Uh, and last word is forum, which is a place where ideas are shared. Um, mm-hmm. So in the olden days, it was actually like a big open space uh, where people would uh, debate. Someone comes down to the center and can speak to the audience, and the audience can also speak back generally. Um, yeah. Nowadays, it is uh, something usually reserved for like internet forums where people mm-hmm. can like leave their Reddit. comments and interact that way, like like Reddit. Um, and uh, but it can be in a bunch of different forms. I think it's interesting how, like, forum 
I don't know. It, it feels so archaic of a word, but it is yeah. also like intrinsic, so intrinsic to the internet um, that they kind of couldn't imagine it any other way. Yeah, and it also means like, well, it it has a core meaning, but that meaning can take on various different forms. If that makes sense. Sure. What What are some like, examples? Well, yeah. So, so like as you said, going from the physical space of a forum to the the like um internet space forums can be used for pleasure they can be used to uh get shit done yeah so it's you know overall just a place where people can uh, can uh congregate and and Mm -hmm. conversate jarvis very quickly you have you have like no seconds you've got negative seconds every second that you take i'm i'm gonna uh make this deal a, a dollar from you what um no. okay so so hari uh what was your story uh my story is about the um pokemon muck um and his travel south to mm-hmm. uh squeeze his his way through the south berlin wall mm-hmm. um because he <laughs> okay. he came up with this special type of uh deodorant that mm-hmm. is specifically used for um goop type pokemon um, mm-hmm. to make sure that that they're smelling good uh, but it mm-hmm. won't you know s- slick off because they are like covered in gross ass goop um, mm-hmm. and and he wanted to copyright that in the north but they couldn't do mm-hmm. that because there there is no copyright laws but but in the south mm-hmm. there are so he so mm-hmm. he left all the way from his house in uh, North Carolina uh, mm-hmm. to go all <laughs> the way south past the um, Texas border. Uh, okay. And then as soon as he was there, he started to sell his his product over um, Reddit, a very popular internet forum. Mm-hmm. That's right. That That's yes. perfect. Um, yes. I actually changed my mind. I will not be taking dollars from you, but I will oh, be bumming God. that many siggies. So. Um, you be bumming you that do many owe me what? Siggies. Siggies? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but I don't. I don't smoke cigarettes. Well, well, I guess we're going to have to change that so I can bump some ciggies. Damn. I have to start mm-hmm. smoking again. You have to start smoking again when you visit <laughs> New York so I can bump ciggies. Oh, um, okay. that, that's true. Yeah. But please tell yes. me your um, your 100 word New York story. Um, yeah. So in uh, ancient Rome, there was... Uh, <laughs> What? What? What's so fucking funny, huh? What's so funny? Age of Rome isn't in New York, but okay. Well, well, I didn't know that I was doing it in New York. I, you said a New York story. That, that could just be a style. Oh, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead then. Okay, so it's going to be... So it has, it's a modernist style, which means I have to like keep it keep it short, right? Um, yeah, in ancient Rome, uh, a guy walked into the forum, and he had a great idea, and he... Uh, wanted to to copyright it um this new invention that he made um and he, he was telling them it's just like this structure that like will keep invaders out right and you build it and then people can't go through it mm. and people were like is don't you mean like a mountain and he was like no and do you mean like a hill and he was like no do you mean like a cliff and he was like no do you mean like a river and he was like no i mean like a like a structure it like it's standing up you know, and flat, and you put bricks, and they were like, uh, what, what would you call it? And he was like, a wall. And they were like, oh, that's very interesting. We should do walls. And then um, it all went south because then the roof collapsed because it didn't have walls, and it fell and it crushed them. No, not Play-Doh. Yeah, not Play-Doh. Wow. Well, you know what? I mean, it's Bad on them for building the roof before they built the walls. Mm-hmm. But well, they didn't without, know that they had to. Exactly, yeah. And I think without their their deaths, you know, and uh, without their beautiful schools of thought that has provided mm-hmm. the foundation for the way that that we live today, we we wouldn't have walls. We we probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. ceilings either. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, actually, they could have they could have built uh, they could have had things on on pillars and but no walls. Yeah, yeah. So just like giant mm-hmm. giant peel so giant pillars, no, mm-hmm. uh, no no walls but just ceiling. Yes, just okay. ceiling. 
Yeah. I think that would be a pretty smart thing for them to have done. To do the right thing. Oh, do you think like a ceiling is technically a wall that's facing the sky? Oh, it is. Because a wall is the is ground just... is the ground a wall no, that's no, no. that's facing <laughs> the ground. I mean, you could say that the floor is a wall, but I would only say that if the wall skin is the same as the floor skin. Okay. Wait, the foreskin? The foreskin, yes. Okay, do the right thing. Goodbye. I can't.